This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Little things that I just never would have thought about twice in the United States because I grew up there. Never would have thought about it twice. All of a sudden, I have to depend on quite literally everything to my partner because he knows the culture. One person. One person. And you become so dependent. And I struggled with that being a very independent person because I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. And I've prided myself on that. I know you are doing the best that you can right now. Your relationships matter to you. You are important. And yet over time, we get stuck. We get lost or we stop showing up as our true self. We get hung up on the stories we tell ourselves, the comparisons, or feeling like we are not good enough. I'm Not Your Shrink is a podcast aimed at helping you feel connected to yourself, to others, and to live a life that is in line with what matters most to you. I'm Dr. Tracy Dalgleish, clinical psychologist and couples therapist. I bring you clinical knowledge and evidence-based research, experiences of sitting in the therapist chair and being a wife and mother to talk about everyday issues we all face to help you change the dialogue in your life. Let's dive in. Two key ingredients in any relationship are curiosity and compassion. And yet oftentimes these are two ingredients, two things that we lose with our partner on both sides. Today's guest and I dive into what it means to build a healthy relationship when we completely uproot our life or when we are doing long distance. After a life-changing solo trip and her own little under the Tuscan sun moment, Casey Rose made the official move to Italy in January 2021. Through a lens of positivity and curiosity, she began sharing travel tips, life in Italy, and endless culture shocks that she was, and still is, experiencing as an American living abroad across social media. With a community of over 1.5 million people, Casey's goal is to encourage and help you travel abroad, all the while reminding you that you are so much more capable than you think you are. I hope you enjoy today's conversation. Casey, thank you so much for joining me here on the podcast. I'm very excited for our conversation today. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So for those of you who don't know you, let's just jump into who you are and more about your story, how you ended up in Italy, and ultimately how you met your partner. Yeah, absolutely. So a long story short, but I was a professional dancer in New York my entire life, basically. I went on a solo trip to Italy in 2018, ended up meeting my now boyfriend, Dario, in Florence, Uh, spent three days together. We ended up doing long distance for a year. And then he came to live with me in New York for a year. That was 2020. So we had about three months of normalcy before everything went down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And because I was a professional dancer, musical theater, my entire industry was shut down. And so I uh, made the decision or we made the decision rather to move to Italy on a six month trial basis in January, 2021. And here we are two and a half years later. 
Wow. Wow. And so, you know, I think even there's so much in there that's like, oh, I I want to go in there. But the long distance piece, I know (laughs) the long distance piece. So, so many people will say, oh, I could never do long distance. That is just not something I want to do. And actually, that's something Mm -hmm. unique for Greg and I as well is that we met Mm -hmm. here in Ottawa one night. It was a chance meeting. We were both at a the same bar. And then he flew not across to a different country, but he did fly across our country to Calgary. So we had this distance, right? And then the time change. And how how did you guys, you know, what were your struggles in there? And how did you make that work? Oh my gosh. I think like, because I I get asked that all the time about long distance relationships and people always ask me like, how did you make it work? Right. And I truly think like, one, it has to be the right person, of course, but I just from my experience, I'm sure you can relate to this is that if you want to make it work, like you will make it work. If Mm -hmm. both parties want to make it work, you guys will figure it out. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest lesson that I learned from all that was you have to make time for each other. You just have to make a commitment to these are the times that we're going to talk. Like Dario and I, we FaceTimed every single day. And because of the time difference, it was 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. my time. So it was 3 p.m. and what was that? 9 p.m. his time. And we we FaceTimed every single day, even if it was only five minutes. Sometimes it was two hours. Sometimes it was just one minute to check in. But we had that commitment every single day. And we showed up for each other every single day. Now, I'm not going to say it was easy. It's very <laughs> hard. Long distance is incredibly hard. But I mm-hmm. think if you want to make it work, you can make it work. I love that you said that it it is this piece where two people have to commit, right? So if you're putting in all of that energy and you're trying to do the phone call and the FaceTime and the giving and the other person's not, then you have to ask yourself, well, how is that going to work for us? Exactly. Yeah. It has to be mutual energy. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolutely. I actually remember my husband at one point, then boyfriend saying, so do you want to talk tomorrow? And I'm thinking, tomorrow you want to talk to me every day <laughs> and so it was like this adjustment of our expectations yeah. and needs yeah. and as you said it's that commitment of we need mm-hmm. to both be on the same page and it has to work for both of us and how are yeah. we going to really prioritize that piece together Ten thousand percent. Ten thousand percent. How did you successfully have that conversation of uprooting then your life in New York and your career to then yeah. shifting into a different country, a different culture? For twenty twenty, you know, it was it was horrible, right? It was very mm-hmm. traumatic. There was a lot of tragedy that happened, obviously, but a huge silver lining for me was that I kind of came to the realization when I couldn't do the job that I had been doing for my entire life anymore, I was forced to stop doing it. And I realized that maybe I wasn't as happy doing it as I thought that I was. And that was a big wake up call because while everybody else was, you know, doing online dance classes and posting it and talking about auditions and how much they missed, like being in the room together, I was like, I don't. And that was like, I should probably listen to that. It was kind of a blessing in disguise, if you will, because I wasn't, you know, in the same breath, I also wasn't in a place where I was able to stop on my own. And so having to completely quit cold turkey and just have it be not even a possibility. It wasn't a choice anymore for you. I, I, I didn't have a choice. Like it was, it was done. And at that point, like we didn't know, like, what I, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. I don't think Broadway ended up 
uh, reopening until December, October, 2021. So I had already moved to Italy. I was already here when um, Broadway opened back up. So we didn't know when it was going to open back up. We didn't know when theater was going to happen, anything. So it's so funny because people always ask me, like, did Dario approach you to ask you if you wanted to come to Italy? And I was the one that brought it up to him because he, his visa that he had, he had a year long visa. It was done in uh, December, 2020. At that point, they weren't renewing any visas. You know, I was like, I'm not doing long distance again. We said we're not doing long distance Mm. again. So we were looking at other options. um, And that's when I turned to him and I was like, well, what if we did, you know, what if we moved back to Italy? And luckily Italy was um, the only type of visa that Italy was accepting was a study visa. So we found an Italian academy online that offered study visas and I could learn Italian and applied, got my visa back like a week later, I think. And there we were. It was kind of just like, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. And yeah, just kind of jumping right in. It's interesting. You get to this point in, in a committed relationship where you're like, I just can't do this long distance anymore. It doesn't feel like an option anymore because you know what it's like to be able to live together. I'm curious with that. And I, for other people, maybe who are considering long distance or trying to move out of long distance, what were some of those challenges that you experienced early on of him moving into your space or vice versa, you moving over to Italy? <laughs> well, it's so crazy because like you have to basically, you know, this person, right? Like you've, you've been with this person. My story, I've been there with him for a year. Mm-hmm. Um, really like emotionally. Like other person. Yeah. <laughs> like we were so emotionally tied that we were on the same plane with each other, like communication wise, emotional wise. And all of a sudden he's like there and you know, all his physicalness. And I was like, <laughs> wow, you're in my space. Like it's <laughs> bizarre almost. It's almost like you, it's almost like relearning how to be in a relationship. Mm-hmm. It's just, there's a whole new learning curve when it comes to, you know, living with somebody physically, how each other cleans, like the most basic things, what type of pillows they like, the most basic things. Yeah. A whole relearning experience. It is a relearning experience. Support for today's episode comes from Cozy Earth. You know I am all about caring for ourselves, especially in these busy years with our young kids. We are pulled in so many directions, but I think it's so important for us to find ways to nurture ourselves that require no additional time from us. I should probably let you in on one of my favorite things to do to look after me, and that is to get a good night's sleep on amazing sheets. I am beyond thrilled to bring you Cozy Earth's luxurious bedding products with an exclusive Mother's Day offer just for my listeners. We've got a code. It's SHRINK, S-H-R-I-N-K, for 35% off at CozyEarth.com. Now, I didn't believe it until I tried them, but I firmly stand by my sleep improving with the temperature regulating technology, which adapts to your body's needs. For the past year, I have not slept on any other brand of sheets. Cozy Earth uses the very best fabrics, materials, and wares, offering superior softness for you to sink into at the end of those long days. I look forward to getting into bed, and we've been loving the sheets for 
over a year and their sleepwear is so unbelievably soft and it's made with such great quality. But the best part is that if you're worried about commitment, enjoy a 100 night sleep trial and a 10 year warranty on all of your purchases. Head over to CozyEarth.com and use promo code SHRINK for an exclusive 35% off and give the luxury she deserves with Cozy Earth. Support for today's episode comes from Loop Earplugs. For so long after having children, I kept wondering why I was easily overwhelmed and felt like an angry mom. The noise from the kids, the dog barking, and the sounds around me from everyday life. But I now understand that I'm not an angry mom, and instead, my nervous system gets overwhelmed and overstimulated, which is why I've been turning more and more to my loop earplugs to help me stay more regulated and engaged with the family. I'm using Loop Engage to help dampen the sound around me, and these loop earplugs allow me to still be with every beat and conversation. I still hear Greg. I can still hear the kids. I love that they are so comfortable and they come with eight silicone ear tips to ensure the right fit for you. The best part for me is that I take them everywhere with me. They are proving the test of time and not to mention they're stylish in my ears. Plus, we love the kids versions, which we've been able to take to the movies for our kids. I'm so excited that Loop Earplugs is offering you, my community, a discount so that you too can tackle that overstimulation while still being engaged with the activities and people you love. Visit loopearplugs.com and use my code loop times Dr. Tracy for 10% off your order. That's L-O-O-P-X-D-R-T-R-A-C-Y for 10% off your order. Support for today's episode comes from ZocDoc. We all know there are things in life we have to compromise on, like the right way to load a dishwasher or whether those socks are going to stay on the floor for a week. Okay, in all seriousness, but when it comes to your mental health, there is no compromise. So we don't need to go back to that one therapist or one physician who didn't align with what we need just because they're available right now. We don't need to compromise on the care we need for our overall wellness. Instead, this is where ZocDoc comes in. This is a place where you can find and book hundreds of types of doctors, including therapists, psychologists, and psychiatrists. And you can find someone who will make you feel comfortable, listen to you, and prioritize your well-being. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare hundreds of types of patient-reviewed in-network doctors, including mental health providers, and instantly book appointments with them online. You can search by location, availability, and insurance. Go to ZocDoc.com I-N-Y-S and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top-rated doctor today. If I needed this app, this is one that I would be going to. That's zocdoccom slash I-N-Y-S and get the care that you need today. Someone on the podcast recently said it's like when we're in this season of change in your relationship, you need to re-meet your partner. And it is that re-meeting in a way, right? That it's like, yes, you've done all of this emotional work together, the communication, the... You know, when you're long distance, one of the things that really stands out for me with Greg and I is that we didn't get to just not talk if we're upset with each other because there we couldn't just sit on the couch and scroll beside each yeah. other if one of us was upset about something. We had to actively yeah. 
sometimes sit in silence on the phone, sometimes, you know, just commit to talking yeah. through something or even saying, okay, you know, we've got to park this and we're just going to have to move forward uh-huh. because of yeah, that distance. Yeah. Right. But then when you're together, it's like this completely, it's completely different. Like I remember our first argument, like a first like big argument when we were there physically with each other and we almost didn't know how to like handle it. Like I was like, do you leave? Do I like, what do we do? And we kind of chuckled about it. Cause we were like, what do we do in this situation? Cause otherwise we just like not respond over messages or, you know, whatever that might be. And all of a sudden that wasn't an option anymore. And it's interesting what you say about like, you almost have to re-meet your partner. Cause I feel like that never really goes away. When you go through these seasons of changes in your life, I feel like we're constantly re-meeting our partner because you're growing with your partner. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I met Dario when we were living together in New York. And then during the pandemic, it was a whole different re-meet. Moving to Italy, seeing him in his country, in his culture, in his language, completely different person. Still, when he speaks Italian to me, I'm like, who are you? When I started needing to adjust to the culture here, he had to relearn this Casey because it's a very different Mm. um, Casey that was in New York. So it's interesting. You grow with your partner and it is like that constant re-meeting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What helps you to do that? Because that that could be challenging, right? It's the mm-hmm. like you said, like oh, you're a whole different person here, and you're speaking Italian, yeah. and it's it's kind of just this different energy, right? Like energetically, yeah. it can feel his voice is lower when he speaks Italian. It's a whole thing. Yeah, honestly, Dario and I we made a commitment with each other very very early on that we would always be honest with each other, and I know that that sounds so cliche. But it really was one of those things that was, especially when we were long distance, it was like, this isn't going to work if we are not communicative, even if it's, you know, I'm really angry with you. And this is the reason why we've always been that way. And we, again, we made a very early commitment that was like, you have to tell me how you're feeling always, even if you don't think I'm going to like it, even if you think it's going to hurt my feelings, it's really important for us. And so, you know, whenever we have those moments or, you know, to give an example, like here, when I'm going through, you know, my struggles with learning the culture, just culture differences and adjusting to those, I'll very openly turn to him and be like, today, I really struggled. Or like, you did this earlier, and I didn't, I didn't really appreciate it. I'd like to talk about it. And we were very open in that sense, because I think if you want to keep a healthy relationship, I think it's just necessary to let your partner know how you're feeling and be in that same headspace with each other so that they can understand you, you know? Would the term that you would use to describe you and Dario be intercultural relationship? Would that be a term that you would? I would. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So just so that others who are listening um, can understand that we're talking about here we have an American living in Italy with an Italian, right? So that then (laughs) you've got two very different cultures and... Mm -hmm. I, I think what you're talking about, and, and I'm even thinking about a recent question that was on the podcast where someone said, you know, is this a, um, and, and I don't know the dynamic of that couple because I didn't know the individuals mm-hmm. uh, where she's from, but she said, is this a Me- Mexican cultural piece, right? Of like how mm-hmm. my husband's relationships with his mother. And so I think what you're saying right yeah. there is so important in the sense that you have to have this level of openness mm-hmm. and it's so important. Right. Like you're, so you're open and, and it's not, 
it's not a personal thing. So that when oh. you come home and say, I've just had a really hard day, this thing happened, he's not going to say, oh, you're attacking me and my culture or all of those things. But he's no, saying, yeah. what's my partner struggling with it? I don't know. I'm just kind of like playing with that. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's so true though. It's like, um, even like the fact that there, there will be times and there always is times, even consistently. We've been together for four years now. Dario speaks very fluent English. I'm learning Italian. I'm on my way. But we still have those moments, you know, I've lived here for two years that I don't understand a culture piece. And we've been in conversation and there has been something that's not being communicated correctly because it's truly at its pure farm. It's a cultural misunderstanding. Like mm-hmm. truly, like I don't understand what he's talking about. And it comes down to it being a just a different culture piece and what he grew up with. It's the and difference, so, right? The, it's like, exactly. it's like you could be two ships passing each other, almost trying like, like what's at our core, right? Exactly. Exactly. And so if we, I think that's probably, you know, kind of, I'm realizing it as I'm speaking it, but I think that's also partially why we had to make such a commitment to like being so communicative with each other. Because if, you know, if he did something and I was angry about it and I just kept it to myself and I stirred in it and I was just like, oh, it's so annoying. And he doesn't even think anything's wrong and blah, blah, blah. He probably doesn't think because to him, it's very normal. Like what he's, you know, his thought or what he said or Mm -hmm. whatever it might be. And we've had those moments where we've kind of, you know, been almost an argument and then come down and been like, I think it's a different culture. Like, I think it's, that's not what I grew up with. That's not what I grew up as normal. And we've been like, ah, okay. Mm. And then it's, it's kind of beautiful in that sense too, because then, you know, we've taken the time to be like, well, this is what's normal to me. This is what I grew up with. This is my culture. Like what's yours? Cause I'm not understanding what yours is. And it's kind of this beautiful moment of learning even more about each other. And then it goes deeper, but yeah, if you don't, if you don't communicate that, like, it could just be a simple cultural misunderstanding and you'll never know, you know? One of the things I'm thinking about is around maybe even how we deal with emotions or talk about needs or even talk about mental health. Is there yeah. something around there? Yeah, absolutely. I think I actually talked about it recently on um, on my channel that mental health specifically, just because, you know, you you said that it stuck with me. Mental health in Italy is very taboo in the culture. And I'm very grateful that Dario, you know, he, I call him a weird Italian. He's not a weird Italian, but he, <laughs> you know, he's very open-minded, has worked in several countries abroad. Like he, he has um, understanding of different cultures. However, he is still Italian at his core and he has what he grew up with and mental health specifically in Italy is still very taboo in the culture. And so, you know, so, sorry, he, in the sense of, will someone say like, oh, I'm feeling really depressed today or, oh, this like anxiety is just sense. spiraling out of control like that. Cause I know we say that so seamlessly mm-hmm. over here, right? Yeah, we, we do. But I, I think it comes down more so to like, there's a shame around it here in the culture and the younger generation. I, w- I really want to make it clear that the younger generation is trying to change things, which is awesome. And it's definitely an older generation mentality thing. And it's more like, if you have a problem, like, why do you need to talk to somebody about it? Like, you just deal with it. You be quiet and you deal with it on your own. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a certain shame around it. And I think, like, it's just, it's a cultural taboo in Italy, for sure. And I've very luckily been able to talk with him about that, especially when it comes to mental health. And he's been very understanding about it. And I, I wonder a lot if I didn't have a partner who was like that, 
what it would be like. I almost, I wonder if it would be harder to adjust to living here if I didn't have a partner who was understanding and me being like, I'm feeling really just not great today. And my anxiety is at an all time high and, you know, X, Y, Z. Well, well, I mean, that would speak to your individual needs matching with what your partner is able to give you, right? And that mm-hmm. what's so important there is that there is this sense of respect and curiosity for what you're experiencing yeah. and then being able to show up to that with you, right? The curiosity yeah. and the compassion and how important that is. What do you think has been the most surprising part to you about being in an intercultural relationship? I think honestly, just realizing or not realizing, but, but understanding how similar we are as a human race, but also so different. Like if you think about it in a broad general sense of being with this other human, we all have the same end goal, right? We want to be happy. We want love. We want health and X, Y, Z, but being with others, this other human has taught me that we all kind of get there in different ways. And mm-hmm. that's okay. It's beautiful. And it's just, for me, it's opened my mind more to other humans living on this planet and how beautiful that can be and how my partner is, you know, grew up with completely different experiences than I did. And it's been so cool to see like how those experiences have transformed him into the person he is today. And it's very different than maybe, you know, somebody that grew up in my country and grew up with my customs and my cultures. Mm-hmm. So it's very, it's very interesting. My attachment therapist hat is on and I'm thinking, you know, at our core, we are all hardwired. We're biologically wired to need connection, comfort, closeness, soothing, right? We need those pieces to feel bonded to the ones that we love. And I yeah. love Casey that you said that, that we get there in different ways And sometimes Mm -hmm. I think one of the hangups in any relationship really is that we view the world through our own lens and we forget that, yes, even say this boy who lived down the street from me that went to the same school as me, and perhaps we are both the same cultural background, religion, et cetera, they too Mm -hmm. still experience the world in a very different way. 10,000%, 10,000%. And it's just, it's taught me a lot about that old saying of putting yourself in somebody else's shoes, like you really Mm. never know. You never know, like one, what somebody is going through, what somebody has gone through or, you know, experiences that that they had to turn them into the person they are today. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It could be completely, you know, the person down the block might have had a completely different experience in their childhood than you did. And so it's, I've learned a lot about understanding and being patient and being respectful and, and a lot of curiosity Mm. in there as well. So I, I can remember this distinct stage in my life where when I was researching attachment theory, I went to my supervisor. I was like freshly 21. I think I was 21. Yeah. <laughs> Went to my research supervisor. He was this 60, maybe 65 year old man, studied attachments, mm-hmm. studies attachment and couples his whole life. And I said to him, I said, I get it. I finally understand it. I am secure because I'm independent and I don't need to rely on anyone. This is my, <laughs> you know, early adulthood life. And he says to me, okay, uh-huh. Tracy, independence is fine. 
interdependence is better, which means mm-hmm. we do need others in our life, right? And and I think yeah. for so many of us, what we search for in our teen years, shifting out of that kind of parent-child dynamic and into a young adulthood is that we're looking for that independence. But then yeah. a healthy relationship is when I can still be me, be independent, but then still also rely healthily on another person and create that intimacy. Mm-hmm. And so I wonder in a way, how have you had to balance that part of me being independent, but then moving to a country where Mm -hmm. that independence in a way was challenged. And so I, and I I know this from, from many couples where even say here in Ottawa or Toronto, where um, their, their spouses parents or grandparents only speak Italian or only speak a certain language. And they're like, well, well, what what would they say? Yeah, it was a struggle. It was a struggle. And sometimes it still is a struggle, you know, like I'm very open about in my socials that, you know, I think living abroad is, is, always worth it. I think it's absolutely worth it, but it doesn't mean that it's always easy. Hmm. And specifically when it comes to feeling like you've lost your independence. What I mean by that is like, you know, I grew up very independent. I'm a Sagittarius, if you if you care about horoscopes, but uh, we're both fire you know, signs. Then I'm yes, a Leo. <laughs> I could tell. I could tell. You know, I moved to New York at 17 to to go to college and pursue, and I, I was financially independent from my parents, and I was very proud of that. I was very very proud in being independent, and it was something that just made me very self assured. I felt confident in that, and then when I moved to Italy, you cut it gets stripped away from you, and you don't really have a choice. It's kind of mm. just part of it, right? Because you all of a sudden, it's like you're a child again, relearning a completely new way of living and a completely new culture, a completely new language. Like it's almost like you don't know anything. You know, for me, I struggled with feeling dumb, truly. Like I was like, am I dumb? Like, am I an idiot? Because even the simplest things like going to the grocery store, I had to relearn how to like go to the grocery store here because there's, you know, different ways to check right. out. And there's, um, you know, filling out a document. I couldn't fill out a document by myself going to the post office, little things that I just never would have thought about twice in the United States because I grew up there. Never would have thought about it twice. All of a sudden, I have to depend on quite literally everything to my partner because he knows the culture. One person. One person. And you become so dependent. And I struggled with that being a very independent person because I don't want to be dependent on anybody else. And I prided myself on that. Meanwhile, Dario's telling me it's not a problem. Like, this is what I told, like, this is what I'm here for. Of course, I'm going to help you. Like, you know, I would start to feel bad because I would, you know, worry that he was upset with me because I was depending on him so much. And he's like, I don't know why you're feeling that. And anyway, it spiraled so quickly because you just feel like you've lost sense of independence big time. And I, still I, feel I like could I'm see starting, that though, right? It, it's yeah. like you're, you're challenging that sense of I'm an independent person. We're two independent people coming together. Yeah. And then suddenly it stirs up all of that. I don't want to be a burden but can you help me? Right. Like it, like it forces you to grow and get uncomfortable because you literally need to. So uncomfortable. Oh my gosh. So uncomfortable. So uncomfortable asking for help. I wasn't, you know, it's been a wonderful lesson in knowing what my weaknesses are. I don't like to ask for help. So it's been a wonderful lesson in learning to ask for help, but yeah, it just, you know, it, it was, and it, it was an adjustment that I didn't realize was going to be so drastic that I Mm. would have to make. And I think anybody that 
like you said, even when you're moving across your own country, I would even argue, you know, in the U.S., a different state, like it's a complete, I have no idea what happens down in Texas. I'm from Michigan. And then I went to school in New York. I have no idea what's happening down in Florida, down in, you know, even California. I don't think you need the winter boots and jackets like you and I need up here. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. But Um, but you're right, though. It does speak to how different these experiences can be and then just how hard that is to make that transition in a relationship, to find that balance of we and us. And Mm -hmm. what would you say to that person who struggles to lean into their relationship? Like how, or if you could even look back to that Casey when she first moved, what would you say? I would tell her that like your partner is there to help you. That person is there to help you, that it's okay to ask for help because that's how you're going to grow stronger. And that's how you're going to get, you know, more knowledge under your belt. And it's frustrating. It's so frustrating, but that's how you learn. And that's how you grow. Not only as a human, as an individual, but you're also going to grow in your relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Like Dario Mm -hmm. and I's relationship now is so much stronger because I kind of just had to, all right, um, you know, I cried about it a couple times and was like, all right, I'm in. Here it is. And once I kind of just let that go and was very open and transparent with I'm struggled with this, but I need help. I'm struggling with it, but I do need your help. It just opened up that line of, you know, communication for me, for him, for everybody. It was it was letting go that guilt was probably the biggest weight off of my shoulders that I think I've had since moving here. The guilt of like, I have to ask for help. Mm -hmm. The guilt of of feeling like I'm being a burden, even though I'm not. And kind of, uh, you know, my my friend Maddie and I, we talk about something called like your, it's your own story that's happening in your head and how drastically that can spiral, right? You know. Mm -hmm. And so I crossed a point where I was making up the story in my head. He's so mad with me. He's so upset with me because I'm being such a burden because I don't know how to like go get a tomato on my own. I have no idea how to go to the farmer's market. He's so mad at me. He's so mad at me. And when I finally voiced that, he looked at me. He was like, what are you? He's like, no, of course not. Mm. And like, it was a moment of like, okay, so this is my story, but it's not the truth. This is like, this is my stuff. And it's I'm, me. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's right. me. It's nothing to do with him. Like he was like, did I do something to make you feel that way? No, he didn't. It's my own story that I've been making up in my right. head. And so it's interesting because uh, us yeah. hype, hyper independent women have that mm-hmm. story and that story mm-hmm. doesn't get stirred up until we are in relationship. So the relationship <laughs> is actually right. the mirror for us to work through the story, right? Oh, Casey, I know that independence. I'm I'm just like <laughs> solid at that independence. I remember sobbing on the phone early on in my relationship with Greg being like, I think I need you. <laughs> like I need you in my life. And it's so hard for me to rely on you, right? Like it, it's this... It, it is the like, yeah. it's the mirror saying like, you've got something you have to work on. You need mm-hmm. to work on this. This is your stuff. And yeah. he's going about his day mm-hmm. and you're in your stuff about the tomato. And it's like, yes. oh, I have to do this. Like, this is mine. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then you get so self-conscious. Like my confidence was rocked because I was like, why right. can't I do this on my own? Of course yeah. I can do it on my own. I don't know how to fill out a document right. in Italian. Like, you know what I'm saying? Of course I can't, but you know, there were so many frustrations that were built up with it and just a lack of self-confidence that came along with it, anger at myself. And once I voiced it, you're so right. It was literally like, 
okay, so these are my things that I need to work. (laughs) I Mm -hmm. need to work through. And that is where the change started happening. That's Mm -hmm. where the growth started happening. Mm -hmm. And like, I still struggle with it sometimes. Don't get me wrong. I think as independent women, I don't think that it's ever going to be something that I'm able to, you know, get over. No, it it is that like continued message of like, how do I keep like edge? It's like, that's like edging almost in a way, right? Or like finding this new growth pain period that continuously shows up in some ways. And Mm -hmm. they're they're working through it again. Working through it again. again. It's going to be, you know, it's one of those continuous lessons that probably there will always be those instances where we have to work through them. People will often show up in my office saying, I just want to stop having these feelings. I want to stop having these thoughts. And it's, you know, like the story. I want to stop having the story that I'm a burden or that I have to people please or that I feel guilty. And and yep. oftentimes what we talk about more is that it's not so much that we're going to get rid of this because this is inside of you. It's not something that you mm-hmm. get to control or choose, but you mm-hmm. always get to choose what you do in that moment when it shows up, Yes, right? Like uh-huh. these old narratives are so familiar. So then when it yep. shows up, what are you going to choose? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, somebody once told me, um, you know, an analogy of just like, think of it like something uh, like a buoy that's floating. It's always there. You recognize that it's there. And by acknowledging it, you know how to handle it, right? Uh-huh. It's like the same, what's it? What's that saying? It's uh, the same beast in a different mask, mm-hmm. almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine social support must have been a challenging piece. And I'm trying to put this into context in the sense of like, okay, hang on. So where were we in the pandemic? And in Ottawa, we were, gosh, we were still navigating lockdowns here in Ontario during that time. But I can imagine even today, there must be an impact in terms of that social support and what that looks like for you. How do you as an individual and then as a couple navigate that? Well, it was difficult because, you know, I didn't, I didn't know anybody here. I had Dario's friends that I knew, you know, and they're wonderful, lovely people. So I'm very grateful for that. But when I first moved, it was January, 2021. And so we were still in the pandemic. Italy still had lockdown zones. And so each region of Italy would be a different color. And, you know, that color could signify if you could go outside or if you couldn't go outside, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for the first, I'd say like four or five months that I lived here, I did. I literally didn't meet anybody. I couldn't talk to anybody, which is even such if a I want That is such <laughs> yeah. a strain on a relationship of like, <laughs> I can't even. So like you, I'm looking to you to give me all of my social support. All of my social. I need you to be my partner, and I need you to be my friend and my best friend, and I need you like that's a yeah. lot to put on your partner. <laughs> that's yes. a lot. Yeah, you know. Um, and that goes back to what we were saying about these societies, these, uh, these social lines are so important for us to have, but you know, it's difficult. I think anybody, even moving to a new city, it's like, it's difficult because you don't have your support system that you grew up with. My family mm. and my friends are a six hour time difference away from me. Right. Um, and when you do meet new friends here and luckily I have, which I'm very grateful for in the same breath though they are new friends and it's very hard to meet friends as an adult. It just Mm -hmm. is because you, you don't have these like deep connections with people quite yet. Right. And so, you know, it's different from when you're a kid, when you're only eight years old and you're just like, I like everybody and let's go play mermaids. Right. When you're a different knowing. 
Even uh-huh. when you're 29 and you're like, here's my life story and all my trauma, <laughs> it's a lot to, to have to build upon, right? And, and then so, you leave the social interaction. And you're like, did I say too much? Yeah. Now I'm going to spend the next week oh my gosh. overthinking <laughs> about like, all of the things. Oh my gosh. Yeah. The amount of times I've come home from like meeting a new friend and Dario's like, how did it go? Because he wants so badly to, he's like, yeah, you met a person. And he's like, how did it go? And I'm like, they hate me. They're never inviting me out again. Like, <laughs> It's hey, Casey, a, I, I know we uh, live different experiences, but I have to tell you that even me in the city, I've been here since 2006. Now as a mom, I meet a new mom at the park and I still leave that interaction. Like I said too much. I uh, know they're, they're like, they're going to avoid me next time. <laughs> it honestly makes me so glad that you're here because if it's happened to me so many times and I know that they're in the same position that I'm in, they probably go home and saying the same thing about me. Um, yes, so it's the, a funny the spotlight effect. <laughs> so it's funny in that sense but luckily you know with with a little bit of time it takes a little bit longer when you're an adult but you will start to form those connections um Mm -hmm. and I have it just takes a little bit of patience takes a little bit of time Mm. and vulnerability so much right right and this is the piece around friendships so Casey I just want to normalize that and for anyone listening adult friendships are so hard we have this um, misconception that we should have this big basket of friends to draw on when actually building social support is harder the more Mm -hmm. we move away from those kind of formative years especially if you think about schooling um and then also what we think of having a a friendship network it's usually five or less like usually it's one or two and and then as adults i mean we just we, we just hold so much harshness and judgment for ourselves that to build relationships continues to take um, or takes rather continued intention, nurturing and effort towards yep. that friendship. And that can be yes. really hard for people, especially in busy seasons or if you've moved. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well, when you're an adult and you have, you know, it's different when you're younger and you really just have school and that's mm-hmm. it to worry mm-hmm. about. But when you're an adult, you've, you've got you've got adult issues <laughs> yeah. to worry about. Right. And so it can be friendships just they take more nurturing and it's totally normal that like sometimes you can't nurture a friendship the way that you'd like or other people can't nurture a friendship the way that you would like them to and it's it's hard pull to follow it's hard to accept yeah but I think it just also means that you 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 find the people that are willing to put in the work and are willing to you know commit and be there and that's they can take even more time. That's not easy. And so, yeah, if any, you know, if anybody's struggling with that, it's, it's normal. And I wish that I had realized that it was normal earlier because I wouldn't have beaten myself up so much Mm. because it's hard. It's really hard and it's okay. But when you find those people, that's when you know that, you know, um, those are the people that you want in your corner, the ones that are Mm going to work for Mm -hmm. it. -hmm. There's that mutual respect back and forth of both of you working Mm -hmm. for it. And, and also, Um, there's like this mutual vulnerability, right? If one person is coming in and sharing things, but the other person's withholding, that might not be the person for you. Right. Or or the person who's dumping, emotionally dumping, and you're you're leaving exhausted again. And, you know, I think... You yeah. you're you, yeah. you hit the mark in the head around what I understand around adult friendships is that 
it's time and effort to make those deposits into the friendship that we don't necessarily have as easily and accessible as we did building those friendships from when we were eight years old, 12, 16, 18, if if people went to Mm -hmm. education or things like that, right? So Mm -hmm. those that changes. Especially, you know, when you're moving to a new town or anything like or not even that, actually. I feel like there's also this weird pressure when you're an adult that you have to like everybody that you meet. Because or like, everybody in the you, same or life stage. Run, yeah. Or else you're gonna like run run out of people. <laughs> I don't know. I, I experienced that so much with, yeah. you know, just upon talking to friends of mine of just there's this weird pressure of just if you meet somebody that's in the same phase of life that you are, you're you gotta like them. You gotta be friends. Mm. Like it's one mm-hmm. more friend. And I think this goes back to what you're saying about the basket analogy. You're like, okay, it's one more friend to put in my basket, one more friend to put in my basket. And then all right. of a sudden you've got 10, 20. 30 friends in your basket that are just acquaintances and you don't really mm-hmm. know anything about them instead of having and nurturing those one, two, three, that really mean something. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of a lesson for me too. When I first moved here was, you know, I, yes, I live abroad and, and it's harder to meet people here. It's harder to, you know, form those friendships, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I have to form friendships with every single person, every single English speaker that I meet. Right. right? Um, And that's okay because it's kind of like a relationship in that sense. If you don't vibe with somebody, you don't vibe and it's okay. It's like, it's part of life. It's normal. It's okay if you don't vibe with somebody. Um, But I feel like we have this weird pressure to try hard and vibe with them anyway. And then gosh, the amount of energy that you're just expelling outward has got to be exhausting and not good for anybody. (laughs) Let's just say that loud and clear. Just because you are in the same stage as someone, whether you're living abroad or the woman down the street just had a child at the same time as you, or you're both at the same park, or you're in the same career, you do not have to be best friends with them. You get to choose where you put your energy and choose wisely because we don't want to expend the precious time we have on people who don't fill us up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so true. People that, that fill your cup. Those are the people that you want to find. Okay. Wrapping up, Casey, because I, I think I could yeah. talk for you for much longer, but I always <laughs> value our time. For those who want to travel, let's think of couples who want to travel together or who are thinking of maybe living abroad. What, like, What would be your um, top one, two or three tips for people? I think honestly, my biggest tip is is be open be open to what is happening around you be open to the culture be open to the people be open to relearning that maybe something you grew up with as being normal is not the norm and that's okay mm. it's a beautiful mm-hmm. thing i would say that culture differences are one of the most beautiful things that we have in our toolbox in order to understand and appreciate other people um so be open to that, be open to relearning and learning and um, be open to those new experiences. And I think in the same breath, if you're traveling with a partner, if you're traveling with a friend, be open to how that person will be traveling. Because going back to what we were just talking about um, earlier on, it's going to be a whole other person. You're re-meeting that person for the first time. And that's okay too, because it's a whole other part of them that you get to re-meet. So just be open and be curious. Hmm. I love that. Where can people find you, Casey, if they want to watch some of your content, which I did, and it's great. I love it. And I also know you have other guides and support for people. Where can they find that? Yes. Yes. So on Instagram, I'm at Casey Rose underscore TikTok. It's at Casey Rose 4. 
I'm on YouTube at Casey Rose, and I have uh, a website with a blog as well, which is www.caseyrosetravel.com. Thank you, Casey, for your time here and for this conversation. I deeply appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. (laughs) Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not substitute for the care from a licensed mental health care provider. See you next week. What's up, guys? I'm Gabrielle Stone, host of FML Talk. After being love-bombed, married, and cheated on, trust me, I've got some perspective on love, heartbreak, trauma, and healing. FML Talk has become weekly therapy for my listeners, where I give you a safe space to heal with, of course, a few F-bombs thrown in. Fun girl talk episodes, solo episodes that will guide you on your healing journey, and guests with stories that will leave your jaw on the floor. Grab a cocktail and come hang with me every Wednesday on FML Talk.